Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They called me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. That makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Long-time listeners, fellow conspiracy realists, this is our weekly Strange News segment. We are recording this on Wednesday, October 11th. By the time you hear this, some of the situations we're looking at will have undoubtedly escalated. As you may have heard, doubtlessly, if you are on social media, the largest uh, largest attack in recent history in uh, in the well in the modern history of Israel occurred uh, quite recently. And Matt Noel, many of our fellow listeners, and I have uh, have been keeping a close eye on this. We want to be, as always, objective and transparent in our explorations here. As we record right now, the conflict continues and all signs show that it will escalate. Uh, This is something that you have uh, heard a lot about. You may have personal experience with it. Uh, We're going to talk about several specific angles of this uh, and Before we continue with that, uh, we also want you to know we're going to talk about other strange news that is happening. Armenia is still in a lot of trouble. The war in Ukraine continues unabated. And uh, I guess without talking too much about ourselves, you know, um, to be very clear, we are not 
of Arab lineage. Uh, we do have some Jewish heritage, two of the three of us. Uh, we also we also exercise empathy, as we have said frequently in the past. When empires make war, it is the grass that suffers, right? And so, as we record, there are there are millions of innocent people who will bear the brunt of this. We're going to uh, talk predominantly about this situation. We're going to explore some questions about the weaponization of social media, online misinfo or disinfo. Check out our earlier episode to learn the difference between those. Uh, We're going to learn about the rise of weight loss drugs around the world. And we are also, maybe we start here, we're also going to talk about the proposed evacuation of Gaza. And Noel, Matt, uh, all of us, Doc Holliday as well, we have been reading about this recently. Would it be helpful for us to give like a, a timeline of what happened between now and our last strange news? I think it would. Uh, this is definitely a historical conflict and one that has a lot of nuance to it. And I think uh, what's been happening over the last you know week um, is for reasons we're going to get into in a bit, a little bit tough to fully wrap one's head around. So I think even a little bit of a recap would be super helpful for, for me personally. And I think probably most everybody listening. So here's the high level timeline. You can read about this in any media source on the planet. Now Uh, this month, Hamas, which is the ruling party, um, also acknowledged as a terrorist organization by the United Nations, the United States, Israel. Uh, Hamas launched the biggest attack on Israel in years from the enclave of the Gaza Strip. And this was uh, an attack with a level of sophistication that was unprecedented. Uh, in in ever right this huge attack, hundreds of people dying, thousands of people injured. You can see, uh, and we'll we'll talk about this in a moment. You could see horrific things, in social media and the news about this, and they did stuff that they'd never done before. Like launching Qassam rockets is precedented, but they had paragliders attacking a rave. This is true. Uh, along the border. And they also took hostages. Uh, They took uh, not just Israeli civilians, but foreign nationals back into Gaza. At this point, as we record, there was an ongoing hot conflict and the government of Israel, newly unified, is hammering Gaza in retaliation for the invasion, the incursion, the war crimes committed, some of which are clearly provable and true. And the question now, uh, one of the things that's popping up this week is the idea of how to safely evacuate the 2 million people living in Gaza from the counterattack of the nation of Israel. The issue is that for decades and decades and decades, this part of the Middle East, Gaza, has been bound uh, and barricaded. 
The nation of Israel controls their access to water, their access to electricity, their access to resources. There are a lot of questions. If you are, um, if you study intelligence agencies, it is a known fact up until this previous weekend that Mossad is one of the best intelligence agencies in the game. So how did they miss uh, an attack of this magnitude? And that's a question that remains unanswered. Uh, there's, also, there's also the far more important question of saving innocent people in a wartime scenario. And around the world, people are asking, not just people, you know, on Twitter or whatever, not just people in regular civilian life, but people at the top of your favorite or least favorite nations are all asking, where can the innocent folks of Gaza escape? Where can the innocent folks of Israel escape? Where can the civilians go when the guns start firing and the bombs start dropping and the war crimes occur? Uh, it's, it's a question that is terrifying and hopefully by the time this strange news segment publishes, these uh, will be questions that have been answered. But if you look at it, like if you look at the map, Gaza being barricaded, uh, there's one crossing. It's called Rafa crossing that would allow people to exit from Gaza into Egypt. And the issue with this is that Recently, as we record, uh, a military spokesperson for Israel recommended that people get to the Rafa crossing. And there, the idea was you could exit Gaza before, uh, before the bombs hit, before you and your families were killed. The problem is the IDF bombed the Rafa crossing and the... Uh, the people who had heard this news pre-bombing and tried to cross, um, several lost their lives and had to return to an active war zone. Does this seem, I'm, I'm hoping to be fair and objective about what's happening. Does this seem like editorializing aside, does this seem like accurate information? According to the reports, we're all looking at, because I think we're all looking at the same, you know, general section of sources right uh from al jazeera to the bbc like literally just trying to get a cross section of all these different sources to find out what's happening i would say that's the best version or my at least understanding of the best version of what occurred that crossing you're talking about there in the southwest corner going into egypt is literally the only other place you could escape and it's already a crazy tightly controlled border crossing and it's and it's a crossing that's been controlled that tightly. Good golly, for you know I me, mean, I think since two thousand seven ish, something like that, where you can only have a certain number of people cross that border, like in or out, in a day, and it's in the hundreds, right? And it's with prior approval. Yeah. So there were many, many people, civilians from Gaza, who attempted to make the Rafah crossing only to find they did not have prior approval. Uh, and there were also, of course, many people who tried to go there and were mm -hmm. grievously injured or killed as a result of the bombing, which continues uh, as we record this afternoon 
And, you know, you'll, you'll look at this. We were talking about this offline in our group chat. You'll look at these reports and you will see a proliferation of unsourced claims about things. One thing you will see that is different is um, images, still images, uh, video footage. We need to be very careful with those still images because, uh, unfortunately, there is a proliferation of misattributed images, misattributed video footage, uh, wherein someone will claim that a thing has occurred in some side of the conflict. And you, if you do a, just a little bit of digging, then you will see that that is from a, a different time in the history of this conflict, or indeed a different conflict in a different part of the world altogether. Uh, right now, one of the most harrowing things to recognize is that the nation of Israel does control access to resources for this enclave of Gaza, which means that imagine if you are in a population of 2 million people and you don't have control over your water, your gas, your electricity, to some degree, your access to food. Imagine if there is a power that can cut that off. And that power tells you to leave town. And you say, I will leave town. And then that same power cut off your way to leave town. It's harrowing. Even if you can leave town, isn't a big issue like... You know, there's really no, this, this is a people that has kind of been rejected by other nearby places in terms of like having the ability to seek uh, refugee status or to seek asylum. You know, mm -hmm. Egypt, I believe, is, is very much uh, not welcoming to, to, to these folks. That is correct. Yeah. And you could say the same, Noel, about uh, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan. Um, each of which has uh, their own troubled history with people who are Palestinian. You know, Lebanon had a civil war about this. Uh, and we have to be very, very careful in how we speak about this. We are, we are not experts. Uh, we're not math surgeons or whatever, but we do understand a little bit about geography and we do understand a little bit about logistics such that we can say, as the plans stand now, as the statements of the government stand at this point, there is not a realistic way to evacuate these people unless something changes. The Biden administration of the United States issued a uh, issued a press release where wherein they said they're actively working to evaluate an uh, an evacuation plan. But the the hard truth that the West doesn't often like to hear nor speak about is that in the Arab world uh, there is not unity. Right uh, there there are there are differing aims, differing factions, likes and dislikes, and you, we cannot, we as a civilization simply cannot paint with a broad brush that is dangerous. It will lead to the loss of innocent lives. And it's also, I don't know, it's also just, it's mind-boggling, honestly, that Mossad didn't know or didn't prepare this was coming. Apparently, the nation of Egypt 
sent warnings well in advance. They said something's in the wind. And this was not acknowledged by what what everyone in the Intel community thought was one of the top performers. They they just ignored it, even though they have control of one of the most heavily surveilled parts of the world. And Mossad, for maybe folks that aren't as up on this, and I had to double check myself, that's the Israeli intelligence organization, right? Like mm-hmm. it's sort of like their CIA or, you know, uh, KGB or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their capacities are, are worldwide. They have force projection. They're very good at surveillance. Well, and I mean, you know, I, I think, and again, not, this is not a, a I, I, I truly do not, and I, I want to be more familiar with this stuff, but uh, it's just something that I'm, I'm not educated enough to fully speak on. But it is my understanding that, you know, it is not a uh, controversial belief or opinion to, to believe that, you know, Jewish people should have a state, you know, they should have this homeland, you know, that, that but within that understanding there's also a lot of corruption you know in in their government and mistreatment of these you know these other folks that they find inconvenient um and i think a lot of the controversy surrounding this is like how do you support israel you know in in its like perfect form but also support palestinian um civilians mm-hmm. you know and obviously uh hamas is a very i, I don't know i mean it's, it's even even controversial, maybe seeming to call it a terrorist organization, but it is an organization that is, you know, in charge of this part of, of this region. Um, and they have some very nasty tactics. And what they did to uh, Israeli kids and, and Israeli civilians mm-hmm. in this this uh, this recent situation is absolutely um, unforgivable. But then you have Israel <laughs> doubling down and, and retaliating by killing Palestinian civilians. Hamas killed, uh, in the most recent incursion, Hamas is believed to have killed more than 1,000 people. It's insane. Uh, many civilians. And that's not counting friendly fire, which will probably, that'll probably come out after the fog of war lifts. Uh, Israel, has, uh, Israel has become in many in many cases, an international pariah for the continued actions taken against uh, people of not just Gaza, but the West Bank, which is ruled by a different organization, the PLO. And there is a lot of speculation at this point, right? There's a lot of smoky backroom stuff happening, right? This did uh, unify Netanyahu's government uh this did uh, this did galvanize some other uh some other forces that are absolutely opposed to the existence of israel and uh absolutely have no problem killing civilians what we're looking at is the the genesis of a total war situation in which uh geneva conventions red cross rules all that stuff uh, they're not being applied on the ground. And this is incredibly dangerous for the world. Innocent people are dying on both sides. It's not some sort of thing where they get to vote. To be very clear, democracy is out the window at that point. And with this, we know we started with a bummer. It's very important. 
Um, we hope by the time that this strange news segment publishes uh, that there will be an evacuation route uh, for the innocent people of Gaza. We do hope that uh, the people living in Israel, innocent civilians, again, are going to be able to escape, to avoid the atrocities, the bloodshed that is occurring. But for now, let's pause for a word from our sponsors. We'll return and and maybe we continue this theme and we talk about uh, social media, which has become weaponized and is very much in this conflict and other atrocities going forward. It very much needs to be considered another theater of war. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life and you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. (laughs) 
And we're back. And, you know, I mean, it's obviously something that we just couldn't not talk about. Um, ben, I think you did a fabulous job from my perspective personally, um, educating me about some of the uh, the details. I know this is very much your wheelhouse, these kinds of international affairs. Um, and, and I think I, I largely understood, you know, the, the nature of this ongoing conflict. But, I mean, it really is tough to fully understand without being there, without being, you know, on the ground. Um, and while, you know, we may remember things like the Arab Spring and how Twitter was such a big deal back then in terms of, like, disenfranchised people on the ground in a war conflict or in a wartime situation, being able to communicate and being able to uh, spread information to the rest of the world. Um, that is largely what led to such an outpouring of support for that um, situation, you know, and, and, I, and I think probably moved the needle to some degree, or arguably. I'm not saying, yay, social media, you saved the world. Um, but, you know, that was a big news story. That was largely what really gave Twitter its kind of clout in terms of, like, this is a powerful tool. This is something that is of value, you know, for people that don't have a voice. Well, since then, a lot's changed. Um, first and foremost, well, not maybe not first and foremost, but it's no longer called Twitter. It's now called X. I, I hate calling it that. I think it's a goofy name. Um, I think we all feel that way. Uh, do everything I can at the end of the show, not to just leave it at that. Um, but it is what it is, and that's because it was bought by a guy who didn't seem to really want to buy it. He seemed to to try to make this whole deal as like a bit of a, a troll, I guess, and then was sort of forced, I guess, uh, legally into buying it because he'd gone too far. He passed the, the point of no return. And, and since that acquisition, um, you know, under the... I guess, auspices of I'm going to make it better. I'm going to streamline it. I'm going to make it profitable. This is Elon Musk talking. I can't, I'm not going to do the voice, uh, but he does have one. <laughs> it's, it's a little, little interesting. Um, he sounds, he sounds just kind of like a patrician, you know, caricature, you know what I mean? Like from the olden times, like someone who would be waving a hanky, you know, and having his, his, uh, manservant lay down a, lay down some sort of coat over a mud puddle that he may not sully his shoes. That's just what he sounds like to me. But, um, say what you will about the guy. It seems pretty clear that the, the cho many of the choices he's made at Twitter, um, now X have not gone very well, uh, financially, um, or functionally speaking, you know, um, the Twitter always had a pretty serious uh, team, multiple teams dedicated to stemming the flow of misinformation or disinformation, um, you know, removing uh, problematic posts, hate speech, things like that. That was one of the first things Elon Musk cut. You know, like to save money, you could argue on the face of it. But one might dig a little deeper and argue that maybe he didn't want that stuff removed. Maybe he, you know, in the interest of, quote unquote, unbridled free speech, he felt that this kind of stuff ought to be able to stand um, and that the the great, um, I guess, the cream rises to the top kind of scenario and everything else will be will in its due time be eliminated by common sense and the great, you know, collective unconscious that is the Internet. Well, that's not really how it works, because it's really hard to discern what is true and what is absolutely bogus, especially in Ben used fog of war language. You know, that's I think that's, that's appropriate here. When something this big and devastating happens, there's all kinds of takes on it and there's all kinds of agendas floating around people that want the narrative to be 
perceived in a certain way. And what better way of doing that than to spread your narrative in, in under the guise of, of truth? And um, a recent change that Musk made that I think happened literally maybe four or five days, maybe a week prior to this this uh, attack or this 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 event um, was eliminating text headlines from tweets um, and replacing them with an image <laughs> on its own. So even before this this you know opportunity for bad actors to spread misinformation, those image headlines were being gamed in a really gnarly and nefarious way where you could easily upload an image that would be misleading or even like AI images. Right? We know that's a whole other ball of wax that would create engagement, um, but not necessarily be any way related to what the content actually is. Um, and, you know, I guess in Musk's mind, images get more clicks than words, you know, but that's just not the nature of the platform. This platform has always been about words. That's its whole bread and butter is these headlines. And now the misinformation is spreading even more rampantly because of this change. Um, well, let's get into some of the details, but starting off, do you guys have any thoughts about just in general where Twitter is now versus where it was when it seemed to be just gaining the accolades of like, you know, uh, social justice people, you know, the world over? Yes. I was going to say AFK, no comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, the management of Twitter uh, or X knee Twitter has become uh, increasingly under fire, right? Or has found itself increasingly under fire due to what is seen as some um, reactionary, freewheeling uh, functions uh, or activities on the part of Musk. Uh, one of the things you mentioned, Noel, was the uh, the firing of so much support staff, right? So many of the people who were meant to ensure reliable, predictable function of the platform, as well as people who were meant to do something we used to call back in the day, the separation of church and state, meaning that uh, advertorial content, advertising disguised as editorial, and actual content, this is how stuff works, <laughs> to put a fine point on it. Uh, it was under attack for uh, getting rid of those folks, the folks who would be seen as sort of the conscience of that. And critics will say that Musk has, um, Musk has increasingly gone to a more right-wing kind of ideology in this person, in his personal life. We have not met this person. We haven't kicked it with him, you know. Uh, so we're not sure what happened. But the way the deal went down in general, the acquisition of Twitter was pretty sketchy. It involved what the M&A bros, merger and acquisition bros, call a poison pill, such that he was somewhat forced to go through with the deal, even when it was against, you know, uh, the ostensible financial interest what you will see if you are active on that platform, and I'm, I'm probably the most active of the four of us at this point, um, what you will see is that there, there are algorithmic changes which seem to prioritize things with which Elon Musk agrees. Uh, his tweets are definitely prioritized, right? Since the acquisition, 
the move has been similar to like a private equity firm taking over a platform, like quote unquote, cut the fat and uh, monetize or maximize things. Uh, so there are, as we record, there are ideas being floated out about making it a pay to play service, right? Making it no longer a, a public square of communication, which it was during the Arab Spring, but it was always, social media was always heavily influenced by corporate and state powers. There's, there's never been a free internet forum if we're if we're being completely honest about it um, however again critics uh critics will argue with some quantitative evidence that this trend has accelerated given musk's acquisition of the platform to the point where um, voices or perspectives or evidence that contradicts claims of Twitter's main character, Musk, uh, uh, there's, there's a strong argument that contradicting opinions or perspectives are being actively throttled. And you don't have to look far to find that evidence. Uh, that's not saying that all voices are wiped out or canceled on the platform, but they are definitely getting suppressed to some degree. I mean, to your point, Ben, like the whole purchasing of the blue check mark thing, you know, that right. uh, led to a lot of prioritization. Um, you got to get something for your money, right? And that's, I think, how it works. Those posts kind of come up first. And that goes fully counter to the idea of folks who maybe either don't, they don't can't afford it or don't want. You know, whatever they're they're like they need the service now. They don't have time to buy the goddamn blue check mark, and their voices are being buried. Um, not to mention Musk himself uh, doing some pretty serious big upping of some notorious um, outlets for misinformation, and and also some notorious outlets uh, for anti-Semitism. You know, like you know that the, the, some posts that he I think maybe only recently deleted or maybe didn't delete at all um, linked to an organization. Um, let's see the war monitor. I believe um, there was a post saying something to the effect of the overwhelming majority of people in the media and banks are Zionists um, and telling oh, a correspondent. Yeah. Right. yeah. Back in June to quote, go worship a Jew, little bro. Um, you know, and this is, this is Musk, the CEO, the front, well, he's not, he's not the CEO officially. What is it? Linda Yaccarino. He made the kind of fall person, frankly, who's coming out to clean up his messes. He does the thing that, um, unfortunately happens pretty often in money-making endeavors. He, uh, he is set up with a main character syndrome and it's not a ding on him. It's an objective observation. He wants to be there the accolades and the compliments and the dopamine of the dopamine casino. But if something goes wrong, he wants to pass the buck. And to be quite honest, if you have uh, ever had a job, you've met someone like that. Exactly. And he, okay, let me just go to the, the Washington Post article by uh, Joseph Men. Um, he has a quote from Mike Caulfield, a research scientist at the University of Washington Center for an Informed Public. Uh, he says, anecdotal evidence that X is failing the stress test is plentiful. Go on the platform, do a search on Israel or Gaza. You don't have to scroll very far to find dubious or debunked information. Um, and yeah, to, to, to the 
previous point that I was, I was making or the previous uh, detail that I was pointing to, um, he did leave those replies up um, to those two accounts that, 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 you know, the one that I mentioned, the war monitor and an additional one. Um, there are all kinds of little, oh, that's what it's called, scent defender. Um, yeah, that's it, at war monitors. And he added at scent defender and at war monitor. Um, and he has 150 million followers. You know, um, this is a big deal. He has a lot of fanboys. You know, he has a lot of acolytes, I guess. You know, these kind of Elon stands that, that will repeat whatever he puts out there, you know, whether he likes it or not, you know, and whether the rest of the world likes it or not. You know, he is a an, uh, the kind of king of the influencers, you know, one could argue. Did you see the European Union recently gave him a warning? They're yes. going to yeah, tax him for 6% of the social platform's income. I didn't Not, see that detail, yeah. but that's fascinating. Not to mention the lawsuit with the Anti-Defamation League, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and, and, all, and, and he, he, he likes to come out and make these grand statements about how you can't trust the media, trust X, trust me. But then he regularly and, you know, absolutely verifiably elevates absolutely you know, toxic information. Um, yeah. Oh, just to clarify that yeah, yeah, yeah. EU 6% thing for anyone who hasn't heard, uh, I'm specifically referring to the European Union warning that if X continues to spread disinformation about Hamas attacks on Israel and what they describe as fake news, he will be fined 6% of X's income or X will be shut down entirely in the European Union. Notice they're not saying 6% of X's profits because the platform is not profitable. Absolutely. It's less profitable than it's ever been. And there's lots of questions as to what its true active user count really looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that Scent Defender account that I mentioned, uh, again, this Washington Post article, Quotes a researcher at the Atlantic Council Digital Forensics Research Lab named Emerson T. Booking, who categorizes or, or you know characterizes rather that account sent defender as absolutely poisonous, uh, regularly posting wrong and unverifiable things, um, inserting random editorialization, and trying to juice its paid subscriber count. There were posts that were elevated uh, that uh, the prime minister of Israel was injured and in the hospital, you know, all kinds of things like that. Just little, little details like that, that when people run with it and repost it, it just absolutely intensifies that fog of war that you're talking about. Um, I, I just wanted to mention this in, you know, parallel with the Arab Spring stuff. And I know that. You know, Twitter has never been perfect. The Internet's its own. It's, it's a toxic place in a lot of ways. But that was a moment where it's like, oh, wow, this stuff can actually have some, you know, some uh, positive impact. And it just feels like it's fallen so far. And, and now it's literally just kind of like a breeding ground for the worst kind of people. It's definitely awful. Guys, I just I would like to just point out that I feel I'd like to state this out loud. I feel tremendously confused about exactly what happened because I feel as though every outlet I'm reading, every video I'm watching, every news piece, so not the social media side, not the Twitter side or X or whatever it is, but every news piece to me feels like I am being emotionally manipulated one way or the other. Whether that emotion. Yeah. yeah, No, I'm, and I, I feel as though it's constant when it comes to this topic. 
So I'm automatically putting up defense mechanisms to try and be skeptical of these things, no matter what it's about, no matter, you know, if it's something horrible that Hamas did, is something horrible that Israel did, is something horrible. I'm just, I feel overwhelmed by it. And it's a horrible feeling of, I think, confusion. And as I'm going through, you know, some of the articles that you guys have found for these first two topics, I just, I feel as though I'm lost. And they state in there that, when there are people in Gaza who are attempting to flee from the bombs and the explosions, they are feeling confused about what exactly is happening because they are attempting to get information the same way we are right from, from various sources. So it is, it's just like, enough. I don't (laughs) don't know, but I don't know what the, I don't know what the, what the response is. Do you guys remember we used to look to Twitter, to the social media feeds to be like, Oh, that's actually what's going on because we've got some sources that we trust that are on the ground that are actually filming things that are actually reporting. That's right. right? It's been infiltrated. It's, it's been co-opted and, and, and it's been, it's so cluttered now that it's just another trash pile. You know what I mean? It's it's just it's worse even because a lot of the most toxic and gnarly voices on the internet have you know and in the in the world have figured out how to kind of game it to their own nefarious ends. We saw it with you know all kinds of misinformation being spread during elections and the use of it. It's because you know you use the word the phrase weaponized, Ben. That's absolutely what it is, and it's hard to know how to walk that back. Um, I think there are, you know, other social media platforms like Blue Sky that are trying to be more, you know, invite only and stuff. But the whole point of Twitter is that it's already there. The scale is there. You know, it's it's been the platform of choice for this kind of communication. And now it's just been absolutely taken over, you know, and maybe those people were always there. They just be like, to your point, Ben, they've just been given more of a voice and they're rising to the top because it isn't a democratization of information. It's, it's a lot of it's paid, which is hell, almost like the equivalent of like paying a bribe to get your platform raised. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not based on merit. It's not based on validity of information. It's just based on money. And then this is all too, you know, it's so transparent because it's all Musk's kind of desperate ham fisted attempt to make the platform profitable no matter what. Did you know he likes Wario though? He uh, looks he's like the Wario. guy who figured out he's the guy who figured out Lauren Michaels does have a price uh to make you a host on Saturday Night Live. Whatever. You know what? I don't want to say too much. But I, I I think it's an important point you're bringing up, guys. I don't know where else to go from here. I think it's just very clear that something's amiss uh, in, in terms of, you know, to your point, Matt, I mean, I, I feel the same way. And it made me even question which parts of the, the narrative that I think I know, do I even know? Yeah. It makes your head spin. I, I'm only speaking personally, but it's a terrible situation when you're you're attempting to get the best information that you can find and you're looking at various sources, you're watching CNN and a live feed, right? Of Anderson Cooper interviewing somebody, a witness who went through something horrifying, but internally you're questioning, wow, it feels weird to me. Why this, this interview feels weird because it's, they're trying to make me feel things. They're trying to make me have an emotional reaction as I'm watching this. And again, maybe that's me being hypervigilant and, uh, maybe a bit out of my mind in my own right, but it when you feel that now after you know having all the conversations that we've had over the years, it feels like manipulation, um, and it and it's kind of it's scary to me. It is indeed. 
It is indeed. Um, so let's leave it at that. And, and hopefully we can come back with something a little less dreadful um, for this last segment in, in uh, this week's Strange News. So we'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Join Metro. They help you stay ahead of the game with nada, yada, yada. That means no contracts, no credit checks, and no surprises. Outsmarting yada, yada means, uh, you know, taxis and stuff. Shady subscriptions. Did you guys ever order something online and you thought it was just like a one-time purchase, but then you found yourself subscribed? Yeah, I had to call and stop payment on something because I had subscribed to it through Apple Pay. And even though I had like put a new card on there, it still was uh, tied to whatever card was associated with my Apple Pay. So I had to like go through this whole process of getting it pulled. It was really, really annoying. Well, that'll never happen with Metro by T-Mobile because you don't take yada yada in life. And you're not going to take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada, helping you stay ahead without compromising on things you love the most. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hey, uh, welcome back to the show. Have you ever wished you could somehow suppress your insatiable appetite for Revelation-style apocalypse kickoff current events? Well, hey, we feel that too. So let's talk about... Is this an Illumination Global (laughs) Unlimited? No. Um, Let's talk about prescription weight loss injectable adjuncts, which is... uh, Oh my God, mind reader. Okay. (laughs) It's one of our words of the day. It's a vocabulary word, adjunct. It's just something that's additional... Uh, some measure that is an addition that's meant to supplement or enhance something that already is there. Like uh, adjunct professor. Hey, sure. there we go. See, I just don't use it enough. So it becomes a vocabulary word for me. Um, 
we're going to be reading from Reuters in a, this is kind of where the story begins and then it goes down a rabbit hole from here. Weight loss drugs fuel boom for firms that fill syringes. That sounds a little bit weird. There's some kind of boom for companies that specifically fill syringes with drugs and uh, they're being helped out by new weight loss drugs. This was written by Maggie Fick, F-I-C-K, on October 9th. I'm going to read just one sentence here from that article, and then we'll, we'll get to trucking. Contract drug manufacturers seeking to tap into the booming market for weight loss drugs are investing billions, with a B, of dollars to expand or build factories that fill the injection pens used to administer treatments like Novo Nordisk's Wigovi. And they are specifically fill-finish specializations that we're talking about here, which is another term we have to talk about. Fill-finish is the act of taking bulk drugs and placing them in some kind of specialized container that has been treated correctly, right? Everything in there is sterile as it can possibly be, and then that stuff is all sent off to pharmacies across the land for us to inject ourselves and eat or whatever you do with the specific drugs they're making. And a lot of those, like they come with the, the ones you're describing, they're like specialized kind of like syringes that are branded and they're like these whole little pen kind of deals, right? Oh yes. They're, they are proprietary for each manufacturer. So Novo Nordisk has their own type of auto pen or whatever they want to term it. Then Eli Lilly, who was also coming out with a new drug very soon, guys, they put out this press release for, I think it's Mounjaro. That's the name of their new diabetes two slash weight loss treatment injectable. That's, that's been out for a while. Oh, okay. Well, Mounjaro. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. th- this is. I a like quote. the way you say it too. It sounds like uh, it sounds like coffee. Yeah. I, from Mounjaro. Uh, <laughs> place. I, you know? I think I think that's how you say it. It's M O U N. That's right. And yeah, on you their site, the it says Moun, like as in mountain, Mounjaro. Uh, but okay, this is their press release yeah. quote. Mounjaro will be available in six doses and will come in Lily's well-established auto-injector pen with a pre-attached mm. hidden needle that patients do not need to handle or see. Oh, Assassin's Creed style. <laughs> dope. Dope. Exactly. Dope. <laughs> also uh, literally dope. But, uh, but uh, Matt, quick question with this. Uh, so this is sort of a rarefied industry, right? Is this similar to... Uh, is this a situation where there are only a certain number of manufacturers creating these, some proprietary version of these fill finish syringes? Well, it, it, gosh, guys, this one gets so complicated so quickly. If you look at, let's take two of the drugs that are available right now on the market, Wigovi and Ozempic, both mm. made by Novo Nordisk. So they manufacture the stuff, which is really the stuff called semaglutide. And it's just inside these pens with some other stuff. Um, Both of those products are manufactured by Novo Nordisk, but they have also brought in other people, other manufacturers to also manufacture those drugs. And then once they're manufactured, they can either be packaged, you know, at whatever the plant is that Novo Nordisk has in various parts of the world, or they can basically get a contractor Uh, a whole separate facility through a a third-party company to do that same process. And a lot of these big manufacturers have been going out to a bunch of other contractors 
So this story is really about all of the facilities that are either being built or upgraded to to handle the amount of these weight loss drugs that are kind of, let's say, masquerading as type 2 diabetes drugs, because that's really what they're for. And there are a ton of human beings on the planet that could really use these products for type 2 diabetes. But the off-label use is what's making them blow up. Exactly. Well, and it's interesting, too, because the off-label use, oftentimes you won't get it covered by your insurance. Yes. You have to pay a full price for it. Oh, guys. It's just almost like by design, maybe? Like, is they're just probably cleaning up, I can only imagine. For real. They're cleaning up. Let's talk about price, but really quickly, I've jumped to a Reuters article from August of this year stating that Novo Nordisk hired Thermo Fisher, another one of these big, I, I guess, drug companies, chem companies, whatever you want to call them, as a second full-time manufacturer for Wagovi because uh, they needed more Wagovi. Um, so you can look online at the current price of a prescription or non-prescription, let's say, access to Wagovi right now. So uh, <laughs> according to this, the list price th- that's as of this year for Wagovi is $1,349 per package, which breaks down to $269.80 per week or $16,188.24 per year if you were just using it without insurance. So that's pretty hefty, right? That's a pretty hefty cost uh, for most people. And, and, and I assume these prices largely apply to like, the United States, Canada, the Anglosphere. Is that correct? Yes. And that's if you are using it without insurance, probably not always, but most likely for its weight loss properties rather than its type two diabetes uses, even though it kind of does the same thing in both cases. It does. The drug has the same effect in both cases. One is to uh, modify blood sugar or, you know, to keep blood sugar stable. The other way is to suppress appetite like Viagra has multiple uses and they make money off one exact same thing man <laughs> i don't i don't know but but yes it makes sense guys i may have, i think i mentioned this in in the past but i'm actually taking one of these um i uh have found it to be quite effective but i was prescribed it by my doctor the manjaro one and my insurance rejected it because i don't have type 2 diabetes mm-hmm. um so it was like to actually pay for it out of pocket it's like 1300 dollars or 1500 dollars something like that for a month's supply which is just kind of you know to try i'm not that overweight i just wanted to try it because it's like it seemed like it could be effective for helping reduce appetite and pairing it with you know exercise and all that stuff that i'm doing i thought it'd be worth a go but it was just no way um so i met somebody or through a friend i was uh, referred to this dietitian who um they use these compounding labs that make their own version of it. But then I realized that was sort of sketchy because I looked it up and I was like, wait a minute, this is like locked down intellectual property. What the hell is in these compounded versions of these pharmaceuticals, you know? So I actually discontinued use because it was freaking me out. But the point is the demand is so high that there are people that will roll the dice on these other potentially. I'm not saying they're all nefarious. It just was too much for me, but in terms of like, what is this? I don't understand how this can be. Well, yeah. It's too good to be true. Well, and everybody wants in the game. Uh, 
Pfizer is right now working on drugs that will have the same effect, but rather than being an injectable through a, a needle like this, a syringe, they want to have something you could take orally. Orally, yeah. They would have the same freaked effect. out by needles. Well, and again, I guarantee you all the other major drug manufacturers are trying to find that kind of thing too. That's why the Jaro was such a big deal because it's a slightly different thing. It's not semaglutide. It's their own little, you know, gluotide that they can patent. But all of those, the reason why it works, guys, and why it's actually kind of scary goes on to our next uh, part of this. And we can't go all the way down the rabbit hole here, but let's just talk about this quickly. Um, these drugs using semaglutide or whatever other proprietary uetide, <laughs> they, they mimic all of our bodies appetite suppressing hormones the stuff that makes us say oh i'm not hungry right now right um that just that happens in our body after we've eaten for a while your body goes you don't need any more food we're good for a bit triggers satiation yes and and they're known as glp1 agonists which is glucagon like peptide one receptor agonist you can look that up if you wish it just means they're binding to the right receptors to make your body say, hey, I'm good. Don't need any more food. Um, and they, oh my God, this is from that same article. Analysts estimate that this section, these GLP-1 agonists, the section of drugs, could be worth as much as $100 billion within a decade, including the oral treatments that are being developed, as we talked about, by Pfizer and other drug companies. But, you guys, on October 5th, CNBC put out this article. Weight loss drugs may be linked to stomach paralysis, other rare but severe issues, study says. And the whole point of this is it's a, it's a study coming out of, uh, let's see, research journal JAMA. Um, and it's a study showing that the effect, the appetite suppression effect, having those uh, receptors activated by these drugs if you do it too long and too much of it rarely a person's stomach can stop digesting food because by suppressing appetite you're actually slowing down digestion a little bit mm -hmm. so if you've got food in your body already it's moving slowly more more slowly through your digestive system than if you were not were not taking this drug and if, if you get too much of it, basically your stomach, you could get stomach paralysis to where your body is not processing food at all and you are not getting the nutrients that you need. And it can also potentially, because of those problems, give you a blockage basically to where um, food that is not digested properly tries to move through your system, but it unfortunately cannot. Also, JAMA, Journal of the American Medical Association. Yes, thank you. Famous man. bunch of crackpots. They work for big poop. <laughs> Obviously, uh, <laughs> no, Gemma is Gemma is legit, and they do public uh, like when they when they publish the research, it is peer reviewed. And I think Matt, you're making a um, an incredibly important point about this nature of side effects. You know, living in one of the few countries in the world where it's legal to have vague pharmaceutical ads on mass media, uh, I think a lot of uh, humans in the U.S. Uh, forget that just because a side effect appears to have a low percentage does not mean it probably won't happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> you might win that lottery. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. And again, even though this is a serious study out of a serious journal, it is stating in that study, this is very rare. 
but there's a possibility that users of these drugs that do not have type 2 diabetes are of they're at a higher risk of developing something like one of these rare things. I have another question for you, Matt. Does um so these uh these folks who run this specific industry for these type of syringes that are needed. Uh, they have, as you said, uh, they have reached out to contractors, right, to manufacture their stuff under license to fulfill demand. Does it remind you a little bit of um, when the pop music singer Adele absolutely broke the vinyl manufacturing yeah. industry? Because the supply chain. Right, yeah. right. So I'm asking here, like, instead of you know, a bunch of non-Adele musicians being unable to publish their stuff on vinyl, is there a risk that putting all of the manufacturing capabilities toward this, you know, genre or class of drugs, does that mean that there are other uh, people who need those syringes to to medicate themselves with other conditions non-related to diabetes or weight loss? Are they going to have a more difficult time obtaining medicine? I don't personally see that as an issue okay. because the manufacturing I'm of the syringes themselves is, it, well, I don't know, unless it's in the Reuters article and I just missed it, but um, I don't think so. I think right now the okay. shortages are of the drugs themselves and okay. not of the, what would you call that? The parts needed to Delivery mechanism? Apparatus? Yeah. Uh, the cops would call it paraphernalia. Ah, the paraphernalia for the drugs. <laughs> the applicators, uh, the adjuncts to the drugs themselves. There it is. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, I, but but I don't know. Um, I would just highly recommend everybody who is thinking about maybe trying one of these, do some of the research because it doesn't show, at least everything I've seen doesn't show that it's a scary thing or something you should be worried about. It is definitely something that the drug manufacturers are super stoked that you and everybody else are so into it, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and the nation of India has entered the chat when it comes to proprietary <laughs> drug pricing and R&D. Oh, far, yeah. yeah. How far out are we from a generic version of both the paraphernalia and the substances? Oh, dude. Uh, I don't know. No oh, got close. And Noel, I think you were right, by the way, bro, to a matrix dodge that one. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 you know, like I said, I've definitely have some friends that have continued using it and have had great results. But, you know, when I told my doctor that I was, uh, you know, going with this compounded thing, he immediately was like red flag city. And I uh, was like, you know, this is intellectual property that is controlled by these giant uh, pharmaceutical companies. So it doesn't really stand to reason that these off brand, whatever they are, labs have even the stuff that, that is the active ingredient that they could compound with I, I it's very weird yeah yeah uh before we leave guys there might be a full episode here because travel yeah. a little bit down the history of weight loss drugs that have been mm. patented and sold across the world legal meth you guys well there's other stuff that's similar it's almost there's like a lot. Yeah. it's almost like gen one of these mm. newer versions stuff like sexenda s-a-x-e-n-d-a mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a pre, you know, injectable pen, same, 
same kind of thing right. had some major issues or but even worse stuff like belvic b-e-l-v-i-q oh deep cut bro okay. they got pulled for yeah. cancer risks uh-huh. and other things like that so you know just what are we as humans willing to risk if there is an easy or a potentially easy solution to lose weight or get healthier right yeah um, it's a good question man i don't know it, it feels like something that Big drug manufacturers are more than willing to capitalize on. No let's question put about it. In. Yeah, let's let's make that an episode. Uh, that's why we do these this weekly strange news segment. That's why we do this weekly listener mail segment. Want to end on a tiny bit of good news. It's a very weird time to say this uh, while atrocities are occurring. But we wanted to give this a mention because a lot of us tuning into the show over the years have heard us talk about things like brominated vegetable oil, potassium bromate, propylparaben, and red dye 3. They're found in all your favorite processed foods at the grocery store, unless that is you live in California, because good news, you guys, California just outlawed the use of these food and drink additives, probably because, you know, obviously they tune into our show. Well, hold on. Does that mean I can no longer buy my Mountain Dew in the great state of California? You're going to have to drive over to Nevada, you know? See, case in point there, Matt. You, you, how, how much would you risk in order for that sweet, sweet Mountain Dew He'll risk it buzz. all. He's going <laughs> code red on it. He's going code red on it. Yeah. Um, and folks, again, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to return uh, later this week. Tomorrow, you're going to hear a classic episode. Uh, please join us as we continue to explore. We want to hear from you. We cannot wait to hear your perspective, especially if you live outside of the United States. What are you hearing about world events? Uh, we want to know if you are uh, a person who sips the social means, uh, what are the changes that you have seen on these platforms? We try to be easy to find online. What a Matroshka doll this is. You could actually contact us on social media to tell us your opinions uh, about social media. Indeed you can. You can find us at the Hamill Conspiracy Stuff on uh, X, Nay, Twitter, uh, YouTube, Facebook. Um, We are Conspiracy Stuff Show, however, on TikTok and Instagram. Hey, do you like to call phone numbers and then say things into your phone as though you're talking to a human? Well, (laughs) call 1-833-STDWYTK. It's our voicemail system. You've got three minutes. Use them wisely. Please let us know whether or not we can use your name and voice on one of our listener mail episodes. Also, give yourself a cool nickname, by the way. I forgot to say that. If you don't want to do that, why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email? We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. 
The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 